This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. Kia ora koutou katoa, kua huhi mai nei, mō tēnei o My name is Peter Barron and I am the radio pharmacist and I'm here on OAR 105.4 FM every week. Over the next half hour, we will talk about how and why and when to use medicines and other matters concerning your health. If you missed the show or wish to listen to today's show or previous shows, these are available on podcast. I'm always happy to talk about any specific issues or questions that you have, and you can contact me at The Radio Pharmacist on Facebook or on my website at radiopharmacist.co.nz. Norida, no mai, haere mai, and let's get started. And kia ora and good afternoon, everybody. Um, if you happen to be listening to the podcast at a later time, it may not be afternoon, but it is now on this uh, this beautiful uh, late winter day. Uh, the rest of the country is getting a bit of a hammering, but we've got the sun shining and it's warm. The daffodils are starting to come out. There's starting to be a few lambs around, so it's getting to that time of the year where the mornings are drawing out. It's, uh, it's a good time to be uh, good time to be in this wonderful city of ours. So uh, I thought, what, today I was going to uh, do an update on our current COVID situation, our current winter illness situation, and then I was going to have, thought I might have a discussion about an interesting um, interesting conversation. I was interviewed by some pharmacy students this morning about the role of artificial intelligence in, um, in decision-making and in health and in pharmacy in particular. So the latest, uh, we, we can all see the COVID numbers. It looks with, keep fingers crossed and uh, touch wood, cross your toes, do everything like that. It looks like at this stage, the um, the second wave of Omicron is uh, dropping, which is um, which is good to see. Uh, long may it continue like that as we head into warmer weather. That's going to be a bit of a natural enemy uh, for there's a respiratory virus like COVID. So let's hope that uh, one of its uh, cousins or uh, children is not lurking around waiting to pounce um, when the parents uh, who are this version of Omicron uh, get a little weary or our immune systems get a little more active against them. The um, Ministry of Health has just launched another big campaign to try to get uh, vaccination numbers up. And I'm pleased to see that uh, people seem to be responding to that. So if you haven't had your um, your boosters, please come and get them. Remember, I know a lot of people, and I'm included in that group, I can't have my booster at the moment because uh, we have to wait six months from the time we had our last booster. And then if you uh, had COVID, then you've got to wait 90 days after you've had COVID. So the first test is, uh, have you had COVID in the last 90 days? If yes, then uh, there's no point having the vaccination until that 90 days pass. And the second question is, is <coughs> excuse me, is it six months since you had uh, your last booster? So have you had your first booster? Uh, in which case, you're then eligible. And I've had a couple of people come in who, for various reasons, haven't even had their first booster. I had one young lady the other day who was due to get her first booster earlier in the year, and then she got COVID. And she's waited 90 days, so she's come to get her first booster. And she won't now be eligible for that second booster through until about, uh, I think, February of next year. So the the latest information we're getting, despite these numbers dropping, is that in the southern region, so... Uh, 
what used to be the old Southern DHB, now Te Whata Ura, I presume they call it Southern, I haven't quite caught up with how they divide it yet, but Te Whata Ura Southern covers the <laughs> the whole of uh, Tuaipo Namu, as far as I'm aware, perhaps not Nelson. But in terms of our region, so the region that's covered by Well South, which is the old uh, Otago Southland area, then we're fairly sure now that at least 50% of the population have had COVID. Uh, how do we know that? Uh, some medical practices have been, they know how many people have, we know how many people have had positive rat tests and they know from interviews as to how many people have had COVID and haven't, uh, haven't reported it and or wastewater testing. So we're fairly sure at the moment that probably at least half of the population in this region have had COVID. That means, of course, that half haven't. And what's becoming very clear from that same evidence is that the people most at risk, or let's put it the other way around, the people who are best protected are the people who have had their two primary doses and their two boosters. So that significantly reduces the chance of you getting serious illness. It's not to say that you might not get COVID, but it significantly reduces the chance of serious illness. And as you go up that scale, then if you've only had one booster, then you're more vulnerable than those that have had two to uh, serious illness. If you've only had your your first or your second primary dose, then you're again, you're more vulnerable. If you've only had your first primary dose, you're more vulnerable. And if you haven't had any of them, then you're especially vulnerable. And it comes back to um, it comes back to freedom. I know there's been some really good articles recently. There's some movements afoot in New Zealand to discredit uh, democracy, to discredit uh, government. Uh, there are some, literally, some wolves in sheep clothing out there who pretend that they're otherwise. But I serious raise this very serious question again. If you haven't been immunised, unless you have a categorically good reason, then you should be immunised. As Michael Baker has said, uh, being not being immunised is like drunk driving. It's just not socially acceptable. Um, I've met, I guess, I don't think I've met anybody yet who refuses, for instance, to have tetanus injections. <coughs> Excuse me. I heard a gentleman interviewed on uh, on Radio New Zealand uh, last week, and he claimed, he, t- he was told uh, that when he had a polio vaccination back in the 1950s or early 1960s, that he thought he was the, the first person in Auckland to receive it. And he was giving some very potent memories. He said he remembers going to school with children who who had withered legs and had um, who had or been in iron lungs, etc. And I certainly remember uh, that we were absolutely terrified of of polio. We knew people who'd had polio. We had relations that had had polio. We had seen the consequences of that, and. Um, I guess our parents were given the option of saying, well, no, I don't want our children to have this. But uh, there was certainly, I'm not aware in uh, the area that I grew up that people resisted taking the taking the polio vaccine because we had seen the consequences of polio. Part of the thing that really disturbs me about this massive misinformation campaign is people are treating COVID like uh, it's just a minor illness. For some people it is. Some people don't even realise that they've had COVID. But uh, as part of my role 
I do home visits to people with COVID, people who are eligible for the antiviral treatment Paxlovid. And whilst many of those people um, are only mildly ill, some of those people are very ill. And obviously they, um, we wouldn't be taking Paxlovid to their home if they, uh, if they weren't well enough to be treated at home. And there are people in hospital, I think last count, there's still five or 600 people in hospital with, um, with COVID. So the bottom line is that um, it doesn't make any sense not to be vaccinated. We've got great technology out there. The example I often use, a lady asked me yesterday, she came in for her COVID vaccination because she hadn't had a booster because she had to wait 90 days. And she said she'd be talking to a neighbour who was very proudly saying, well, we're not having uh, this vaccination and none of our family are having this vaccination. And I said to her, I said, I so guess go back if you say to this lady that she thinks it's fine uh, to drive through red lights. Um, that's her right to drive through red lights. It doesn't matter if she kills somebody else. Or it's fine for her to drive on the other side of the road, uh, even though we're all driving on the left-hand side of the road. Uh, it's their personal choice as a family to drive on the, on the right-hand side of the road. doesn't matter who they kill. doesn't matter who they affect. doesn't matter who they injure. That's the reality of what, uh, what we're talking about, folks. So... As I said, I strongly, strongly, strongly urge you, if you're, um, if you're still vaccine hesitant, then stop being hesitant. Come and do your community service. That's what it is. It's community service, community service for your, for your whānau, for your mokopuna, for your children, for your grandparents, for your, uh, your own family, for your workmates, for your schoolmates, whoever. whoever. Uh, it's a quite literally, it's a no-brainer uh, to me, and I just really cannot understand. I'm getting incredibly, probably sensitive in my voice. I'm getting incredibly frustrated about uh, the stupidity of people that will not take reasonable precautions. If you won't take reasonable precautions for yourself, then take them for those that you you value, those that you love, those that you work with, those that you go to school with. Um, so look, that's a uh, that's enough of me on uh, on COVID today. Except to remind you, please, that um, the pharmacies that are offering um, COVID vaccinations, most of us will do walk-ins. Um, sometimes we might not have the vaccine ready. We we try they're not cheap vaccines, so we try not to waste them. Uh, we do it does take us half an hour to make them up after we take them out of the fridge, and then they've got a six hour shelf life. So if you are able to go on to the app and choose a pharmacy and, and book, uh, then that's fine. If not, walk in and we'll do our best to uh, best to accommodate you. Remember, it still is a requirement that um, after you've had your vaccination, we'd like you to wait for about 15 minutes. We're very conscious of the fact that it doesn't happen very often. There can be allergies. And the, the other thing that... Um, we're very careful to talk to people about is this this very, very, very rare, we estimate probably about one in a million, um, a chance that people may get a side effect relating to their heart conditions that we call pericarditis or myocarditis. Pericarditis is an inflammation of the sac that is around the heart. It's a very painful condition. Uh, And myocarditis is an inflammation of the heart muscle itself. 
Both of these conditions are quite treatable as long as they're not ignored. So if you have had your COVID vaccination and your Pfizer vaccination in sort of the last fortnight or so, and you develop any sort of feeling in the chest that things are not quite right, some heaviness uh, in the chest or the neck, if you suddenly have difficulty catching your breath or some breathing difficulties, if you feel a little faint, or if you feel your heart's racing, then get it checked out. Ring Healthline and get it checked out, or if it's uh, if you're significantly worried about it, uh, call 111 and get yourself off down to ED and tell them that um, you've had your, your COVID vaccination in the last couple of weeks. As I said, very, very rare. Um, it's actually more common from people who get COVID or influenza for that matter because myocarditis and pericarditis are known uh, rare side effects of actually catching COVID or influenza. So, folks, look, uh, what we'll do is I'm going to uh, go to a bit of a promo and then we're going to have a break. We're going to have a bit more. I'm still feeling a bit nostalgic uh, about the Seekers. So we'll we'll uh, go and have a break and then we'll have Never Find Another You. The Radio Pharmacist, sharing tips and practical advice on the management of a range of healthcare matters every Tuesday at noon on ORFM Dunedin taking the time to explore some of the bigger issues around health and well-being in simple, easy language we can all understand. The Radio Pharmacist, bold, innovative, sometimes controversial, and not afraid to tell it as it is. Tune in Tuesdays at noon on 105.4 FM and 1575 AM or online at oar.org.nz. That's The Radio Pharmacist, every week on Tuesdays at noon.
that wonderful voice and that wonderful group. I was reading a very interesting article. They were saying that uh, Judith Durham by herself would have been you know, a really good singer. There was just a, and the group by themselves would have been fairly good, but put the combination together and it was just absolutely magical. So moving on, uh, obviously with Radio Pharmacist Peter Barron, I'm here every Tuesday uh, on OAR 105.4 FM. If you uh, happen to miss today's broadcast or there's something of interest you'd like to listen to again, you can always listen to that on the podcast, which is available on the uh, oar.org.nz website, or you can go to my own website, radiopharmacist.co.nz, and uh, you can click on podcast, type in Radio Pharmacist, and select the show that you'd like to listen to. So before the break, I was alluding to the fact that I was being interviewed by some pharmacy students today about the role of artificial intelligence, AI, in pharmacy. And uh, I guess my response to them was that I think there's a, a much broader role for AI in the provision of healthcare, full stop. So I think what we've got to do is we've got to get out of this compartmentalization of, uh, of health being something that happens in one compartment and let's say with a doctor or with a nurse or a physio or at the hospital or with your pharmacy or with your dentist. We've got to look at it as a service that, uh, that's applied to you. I did some work uh, well over 10 years ago uh, when I was doing my MBA and the government at that stage uh, was pushing very hard for every one of us to have our own personalised portable electronic health record. Sounds like a a massive mouthful, uh, but what it really meant is that by some electronic means that we could carry or have direct access and control, and that's the important word, and we'd control us ourselves, all of our health information in one place so that uh, if you went to Dr. A and then you went to Dr. B, that uh, you could say to Dr. B, look, that's that there. Or if you came to the pharmacy, you could say, look, I had a prescription dispensed at another pharmacy or I was in the North Island, I had that dispensed there. Or if you've had some laboratory uh, tests done, if you had some path tests done, or you've been in hospital, all that information would be there if you've been to the physiotherapist. And all of that information is available in in various silos, but it would be much more helpful um, And if it was available for you so that you personally could make sure that all of that information was up to date. And I did uh, quite extensive surveys at the time when I did this, and I think from the responses, people were very surprised that um, they, we didn't already share this information. They couldn't believe that we didn't share this information. So we find in pharmacy every day, somebody will bring in a prescription and we'll sort of start saying, well, um, do you know why you might be taking this to the doctor? Well, you mean you don't know? No, we don't know. Um, we've now got some better tools uh, in the South Island, particularly since the uh, Christchurch earthquake. So we do have some systems whereby we can see what you've been prescribed um, and we can probably start to guess why it might have been prescribed. But the key information is to to make sure that uh, if you want to share that information with us, that it's up to date and we've got all of that information. And as I said, this is not about uh, nanny state or anything. This is about something that you have that's got all of your records on so that you can help me make my decisions. And when it comes to AI, to artificial intelligence, it seems to me that uh, most of us, uh, if we were going to go out on a road trip, if I was to say, look, I don't really know how to drive from Dunedin to Christchurch or 
how do I get from Christchurch to Wellington or Wellington to Auckland? Then there are tools like Google Maps. There are a whole range of them that we can follow. That's artificial intelligence. It doesn't mean to say that we've got to go down that road, but if you type in and you say, look, I want the quickest route to drive to Christchurch, uh, then uh, your Google Maps will come back and it will suggest a particular route and it will tell you particular times. And if you sort of say, well, look, I'd really like to go off to see... uh, Mount Cook at the same time, it will show you how much, how that, what that route is and how much time. That's using the technology. You don't have to go and open the map now. So when it comes to our health, there's a, there's a whole lot of fairly basic things that uh, we all ask you, whether you're coming to see me as your pharmacist or whether you're going to your doctor. And if you're able to supply that basic roadmap and sort of say, well, this is where I am at the moment. This is what's, uh, this is what's going on with me. And this is where I want to go to, or I'm not sure where I want to go to, but I've sort of got this pain in my toe and um, it's hurting. And with artificial intelligence, we can start to get you to answer some of those questions so that we get a common answer. Now, artificial intelligence is not going to replace the doctor or um, the pharmacist, or it's not going to replace your opinion. But what it does do is when we, uh, if we take our road analogy, when we're, we're driving north from Dunedin and we get north of Omaru and we've got to make a decision, do we stay on State Highway 1 and uh, we go up, uh, up through Timaru to Christchurch, which will be the shortest route, or do we turn left and we go up through, uh, through the lakes, we go through Amarama, then we go up through to Twizel and Tekapo and Pukaki, and we see the grandeur of the Mackenzie Basin. Uh, and then we might want to stop and uh, see some of those, those yummy food outlets in Geraldine and places like that. So we have that option. And we make that choice when we get to, based on our experience. I'm in a hurry, I've got a plane to catch. Bang, we go straight ahead, we go to Christchurch. Well, I've, it's a nice day, I've heard it's really beautiful. I heard there's a wonderful little cafe in Twizel that, that you really need to try. Um... So let's, uh, let's turn left and let's go that way. So we're still in control of it, but we've now got some suggestions. Once we turn left, then there's a suggested route and it tells us how long. We can look at the petrol gauge and see if we've got enough petrol to get us there or enough fuel to get us there. So that's where artificial intelligence comes in. And in terms of health, the, the notion that we, we're making all these decisions without that information... So when you come in, with you bring your prescription in and you've got a long prescription, it might have five or six items, it might have ten items on it. What we know as pharmacists is that for whatever reasons, most people don't take their medication as, as directed. Now that's not because you're making some bad decisions, so it's probably because nobody's actually really, A, got your permission to take these medications and B, explained what's going to happen and when to take them. Now, if we've got artificial intelligence can deal with that, it can, uh, we could put reminders on and we could set it in your diary that says, OK, Peter, look, you're taking this medication three times a day. Now, what we, do we mean by three times a day? Well, in this particular one, we'd like you to take it when you wake up in the morning and we'd like you to take it before you go to bed and we'd like you to take it in the middle of the afternoon. Now, we know that culturally most of us eat our meals three times a day and we, we do most, we divide our days into thirds around our meals. But they're not actually thirds because when you think about it, it's 24 hours in a day and most of us eat our three meals, if we eat three meals, across about 
10 to 12 hours. So that leaves a huge gap at the end of the day. And that's fairly inconvenient to suddenly remember, oh, I need to take my medication at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. But we've got the tools. We've got the technology. Not everybody has them, but we've certainly, most of us use phones, we use computers, and we use technology. So with AI, we could actually sort of say, well, look, uh, Peter, you've persuaded me that it would be a really good idea. It would be better for me if I took my medication when I woke up and when I went to sleep and in the, somewhere around mid-afternoon. And we could set ourselves some alarms to do that. So that's the point that I'm making about artificial intelligence. So, folks, look, uh, we're out of time. I hope that's uh, stimulated some thought in, for you in both in terms of COVID and vaccinations and boosters. And I hope it stimulates some thought about sort of how we uh, share information. So, folks, we're out of time. So until next week, ka kiti anō. Well, folks, all good things must come to an end, and we are out of time for today. Thanks for listening, and I hope that you found today's all useful. If you have a question for me or a subject you would like me to discuss on the show, please message me on the Radio Pharmacist on Facebook or at my website at radiopharmacist.co.nz. If you missed today's show or previous shows, they are available on podcast at oar.org.nz. This is Peter Barron, the Radio Pharmacist, signing off OAR 105.4 FM for today. So until next Tuesday at noon, Kakiti Anō. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.